chapter fourteen of pixie o'shaughnessy by mrs george de horn vesey this librivox recording is in the public domain pixie intercedes one more question pixie and remember i place absolute reliance on what you say for you have given proof that you were to be trusted you heard lottie's insinuation that you might have had some share in the accident had you touched the scent bottle at all that night i had not miss phipps the grey eyes looked into the face of the questioner with a steady light i never noticed it at all until the girls began talking about it and then said i i must have a look at that bottle before i'm much older and so i did that very same evening but never a finger did i lay upon it i put me hands behind me back and just doubled meself over the table like this looking at it all i knew but not daring as much to breathe upon it and from that hour i was never within yards of its presence i understand but why my dear have you refused to give us this simple explanation all these weeks it was surely only to your credit that you had thought of mademoiselle's comfort before your own so there was no reason for being so secret about it did you not see that it would have helped your cause to have given this explanation i didn't like said pixie twisting her finger in and out in embarrassed fashion it was this way that first night you were all so cross and so certain that it was me because i had been in the room that i was shy about telling you see mademoiselle would have been obliged to be pleased with me and she wasn't feeling disposed to be pleased just then and it would seem as if i were trying to get off blame by boasting of what i'd done i can't explain my feelings but i couldn't tell the next day it would have been different but lottie begged me not to say what i knew and we never told tales of each other at home the boys would have been cut in pieces before they had rounded on each other so of course i had to give my word it was very miserable because no one loved me and in my home we have very affectionate ways the one with the other but lottie said it was only a little time to the holidays and after that all would be forgotten she did say she would ask me to visit her and i wouldn't hurt her feelings by saying no so i just wrote and told bridgie to say i couldn't be spared for i can't go anywhere but my own home and she said her father would be so angry with her if he knew and never another happy moment would she have and i knew my people wouldn't mind and did you tell your people how unhappy you were did you tell them what trouble you were in queried miss phipps softly and at that pixie shook her head with great emphasis i did not miss phipps i wouldn't dare they would be so terribly angry but you said a moment ago that they wouldn't mind then how could they be angry with you dear asked miss phipps smiling and pixie bent her head with a quick propitiatory bow deed it was yourself they would be angry with not me if the two houses of parliament were walking up to knock castle and telling them that pixie had told a lie and stuck to it for a month on end they would only be calling shame upon them to have nothing better to do than take away a lady's character and the major would say twelve years have i known her and never the day that she wasn't up to her neck in mischief but no child of mine 
ever looked in my face and gave me the lie and pixie's not the one to begin so never a word did i say but just that the examinations were coming on and we were not allowed to go out pixie come here cried miss phipps and when the girl approached she received her with outstretched arms and framed the thin little face with her hands little pixie she said softly never say again that no one loves you in this house i have loved you from the first and have felt it a real trouble to be obliged to doubt you and now i love you a hundred times more for your loyalty and unselfish consideration for your friend you would have been wiser to be more candid about your own doings but i appreciate your scruples and the school code of honour has so many good points that i cannot bring myself to say that it should have been broken as for the conduct of a girl who would let another suffer as you have done rather than bear the consequences of her own misdoing i have no words to express my horror and indignation especially when she is a senior and you one of the youngest in the school it shows a want of principle which makes me despair of her future a sudden slip or disobedience i could pardon but not deliberate deceit and i am too fond of my girls and too anxious about their welfare to allow such an influence to remain in their midst like the shiver of wind among the trees the word expelled came from a dozen quivering lips and pixie o'shaughnessy clasped her hands in horrified appeal oh ye wouldn't ye wouldn't send her away ye wouldn't give her over to her father and him so stern and cruel with her if she's been bad now she was good before the girls were fond of her and she was kind to meself lending me her lace collar and all the fixings for the party if it's for making me miserable you are after punishing her i'll be more miserable than ever and the girls will be miserable too ask them if they won't lots of them think there isn't another to touch her in the school and they couldn't do that if she was all bad punish her some other way but oh don't don't send her away what's the use of me taking all the trouble if it's to be no good after all a smile came to miss phipps's lips at the innocent directness of the question but she grew grave enough the next moment and her voice sounded both sad and troubled as she replied you certainly give us a lesson in the way to forgive our enemies pixie and i should be sorry to do anything that would make you miserable but i must think of lottie's good before our own preferences mr vane is too good and just a man to treat her unkindly and is only stern because he has realized the weakness of her character he is too anxious about her welfare to make it right for me to conceal anything from him especially so flagrant a breach of honour but perhaps i don't know if the feeling of the girls themselves is in her favour i may consent to give her another chance i am glad to hear that she has been kind lottie is very good-natured miss phipps she is a favourite with the girls they would be sorry to lose her i think it would be a punishment to her to feel that she had fallen so much in their opinion and we would all like to give her another chance said margaret timidly and miss phipps nodded kindly in reply 
ah well we can decide nothing to-night it will need careful thinking over and meanwhile we will banish the subject and make the most of the time that is left i am very sorry for the interruption although in one sense we are glad of it too for it has brought pixie back amongst us she must go upstairs and dress quickly and then we will have supper and put away unpleasant thoughts and mademoiselle must really dry her eyes for i cannot have any more crying to-night if pixie will forgive me cried mademoiselle stretching out her arms and clasping pixie in so tight an embrace that when her little snub nose came again in sight it bore the pattern of a steel button plainly stamped upon it i won't forgive myself that i was so arch and cross it was a poor thanks chérie for your kindness to me all these weeks when i have been so warm and comfortable i am ashamed to remember what i have done small blame to you if you were mad when you believed i was telling a lie to your face but ye weren't half so nasty as ye think ye were said pixie beaming upon her in sweetest condescension sometimes ye were quite agreeable there was one day i was in with a cold and ye came and cheered up me spirits until i hardly knew meself for the same creature mademoiselle lifted her hands with an eloquent gesture as a sudden remembrance darted into her mind oh yes it is true and now i have something else to tell you you girls it is pixie whom you have to thank for this party not me it was she who begged me to supplicate miss phipps for you she said she will say yes if it is you who ask but not to me therefore you must not say my name at all but if she will not give the party because i am to be punished tell her to send me to bed and let the rest be happy the dear child has thought of you when you were all so cross with her there was an outburst of cheering from all corners of the room in the midst of which evelyn fell back in her chair and tugged with both hands at her long dark locks and i called her a hardened little sinner i abused her like a pickpocket and called her an ungrateful serpent bring some sackcloth and ashes somebody quickly i shall go in mourning for the rest of my life End of chapter fourteen